Hello, my friends. Today's guest, we have Francisco Alzuru, leader of the Rosary team that prays the Rosary before the 8 a.m. and 6 p.m. Mass at St. Agnes in Key Biscayne. The Before the Mass Rosary was not always around, and it was not Francisco's plan when he first started praying the Rosary with some M.O.'s brothers. Francisco will share with us the evolution of his Rosary group and the personal connection he has with the power of the Rosary. Join us and get to know Francisco and how he leads his brothers and sisters in prayer. Remember to subscribe to the podcast and sign up to a newsletter. God bless. Welcome to Catholic Mindset Podcast, where we will explore Catholic fundamentals. I am your host, Alejandro Cervalli. Join me as I explore the plethora of knowledge of our faith. Every part of our being is created in the image of God, including our minds. We must begin to imitate the mindset of Christ Jesus. What we learn here, I encourage you to contemplate, practice, and incorporate. We will look into the basics, prayers, traditions, histories, and practices used by our church to gain union with Christ. I pray that what you learn here enriches your heart and soul. Please subscribe to the podcast and sign up for our newsletter information in the show notes. Francisco, welcome to the show. Thank you for joining us today. How are you? Very good, Alejandro. Thank you for inviting me. So we are here to talk about your rosary I know it's not a project. You have you have a rosary group that you lead, right? Before we talk about that, let's um, let's start with a prayer. In the name of the sure. Father, the Son, and the, the, Holy Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Amen. Father in heaven, we come to you with a spirit of thanksgiving and appreciation for the opportunity to talk about you. Any effort where we may try to lead others uh, to you is uh, is is well worth our time in especially if we're going to talk about the rosary we ask for our uh, blessed mother's intercession so that uh, your words and my words can uh, lead people to love the rosary and love god and we say and do all of this in the name of jesus christ our lord amen amen so before we start talking about the rosary tell us a little bit about yourself where are you from originally I was born in Caracas, Venezuela in 1960, so I'm 60 years of age. Um, I've been married for 35 years. Uh, this will be my 36. Uh, I have uh, three children, one uh, grandchild, and another one on the way. I did all my schooling, all my education in Venezuela. I came to the U.S. first in 19. 89 for my uh, MBA, I went back to Venezuela for a couple of years, and then uh, I was working for a bank that transferred me to their Miami uh, branch, and so I worked out of the Miami office for a couple of years. The bank eventually got taken over by the government for regulatory reasons, and then I uh, got a job with a gentleman in Fort Lauderdale, a fairly large company managing money, and I worked there for 18 years. Living here in the U.S. Uh, continuously now since nine, December 1992. You say you have one grandchild and one on the way, right? That is correct. How old is the first one? I I, I want to say he is because turning, we know each other. So I, I wanna I wanna say that relatively you're still you're relatively new grandfather. Yeah, he's turning 18 months today. He was first born one. 11 11 of 19. Yes. So congratulations on becoming a grandfather. How does it feel? 
It is unbelievably good experience. It is the dessert of life, as uh, some people have told me. I like that. I mean, I love my children dearly, and there's nothing I would do for them. But this is a completely different kind of love, and I can't really explain why or how. Uh, but it is uh, it is different. Amazing. I like that. Dessert of life. I think I might use that as the podcast title. But <laughs> The dessert of life. Yes. <laughs> But okay, cool. So the Rosary Project or or group, right? How how did it start? Or first, tell us what it is before we start talking about yeah. how it started. So it's not really a project. The Rosary, the the weekly Rosary, as it started at Saint Agnes. Yes, it was my idea, and it came as a result of me losing my job of eighteen years. So as I mentioned, I was working for a bank from Venezuela. Uh, even before uh, that, that job uh, uh, expired, I did get a job with a large money management firm out of Lauderdale, where I worked for 18 years. So after or during the financial crisis in 2007-8, uh, the founder of the company, Mr. Tom Hensberger, a gentleman that I will always uh, admire and love and cherish because of how many good things he did for me and what a wonderful man he was, he had a heart attack, he had a heart transplant. Uh, when he came back, he wasn't really quite the same. He sold the company to uh, a European bank. And that European bank didn't really run the company the way that he had run it. And eventually, the company had to shrink. And I was uh, probably the first casualty, probably because I was the most senior uh, member of the group uh, and probably the highest paid uh, at the time. And so I was uh, uh, let go. And I had never been unemployed in my life. And facing unemployment in the U.S. Uh, really scared scare me big time. And so in one of, my, in one of our uh, weekly Emmaus meetings, I told my Emmaus brothers, listen, we do a lot of things together. We, we serve in retreats. We travel. We may help uh, you know, the, the poor, the homeless. And we, we do things that are all very good. But the one thing I noticed that we don't do is we don't pray together. We pray at the meetings, but that's about it. And so I suggested that we did the rosary once a week all together as a group. I actually do the rosary daily. I remember perfectly when I started, I was reading the, the Florida Catholic back in 1992, 93. I had been in the U.S. for maybe a year. And I saw a little caption in the middle of the page that said, pray the rosary daily. It will change your life. And um, my parents wear daily rosary prayers. They, they said the rosary every day. I have this little Virgin Mary that is the image of the Virgin from my high school. This is the one thing I inherited from my father, who went to the same high school. So he graduated from that high school in 1936, and he had it in his desk all his life. So now she sits here in my desk and accompanies me. And so I've always had, you know, I guess a, a fairly devotion for uh, Mother Mary. And so, well, I suggested that to my brothers, uh, my MS brothers. So at St. Agnes, we have uh, an adoration chapel. We have been blessed to have a perpetual adoration for many years. And so we looked for a slot where uh, one of our brothers was in the adoration chapel. My usual time slot was at two in the morning, and, and many of the Mayas brothers did 
the, the hard hours of the midnight, early morning hours. But we did have a, a brother who had Tuesdays at 8 p.m. So we uh, uh, invaded his time and we asked him for permission. And he told us that he was glad to uh, do that with us and for us. And so uh, every Tuesday at 8 p.m., we started doing the rosary at the uh, Blessed Sacrament Chapel in, in St. Agnes. And we did that for several years, even before a current pastor came to St. Agnes. An anecdote that I have about the rosary is that uh, even though we do have a lady at the parish that is in charge of the Blessed Sacrament and, and the adoration process, there's also another lady who is quasi in charge of the actual chapel. And she feels that she is her grandfathered uh, in terms of caring for the, grand, for the chapel. Yeah. And, and she actually told us that we were not allowed to do that. And so uh, because only her group was allowed to do it uh, 8.30 in the morning after the morning mass. And so we wanted to prove her wrong and we wanted to show her that we could also do that. And so I called all my brothers and, and the following Wednesday uh, when she came to see, and I believe our, our, our pre previous pastor also came to see, we had 22 brothers, 22 men in the chapel saying the rosary and kind of proving that we were willing and able to continue to fight for our right to, to say the, the rosary there in the Blessed Sacrament Chapel. It wasn't until Father uh, JC, our current pastor, came to St. Agnes that we moved it to the, the, the main church. And the reason for that was he started with daily mass at 6.30 p.m., which we didn't have before. And so for a few months after the 6.30 mass, we went and did the uh, rosary uh, at the chapel. And then one day he said, well, why don't you do the rosary uh, in the church? And so we started doing it in the church after mass. And so, again, that went on for several months. And then one day, Father JC actually had the idea to try to get this to a new level and asked us if we could lead a team of uh, men to lead the rosary uh, every day. So not just Tuesdays, but every day before the 6.30 Mass and also before the 8 a.m. Mass at the big chapel. Yeah, you're part of that group now. Uh, I just a, jumped sort of on a, that. I didn't know that was an extension of your program. Oh, that's it. Yes, it is. So, JC, the word I'm looking for is challenged us to say, okay, well, you've been doing this now for several years. It's time to, uh, you know, kick it up a notch. And so I put together a, a group with five people that uh, each one took a day. And so we have five Emmaus brothers all of which uh, lead the rosary on a different day of the week in the afternoons. And then in the mornings, the group is more varied. The group has two females, one of which is not an Emmaus sister, but it is our sacristan. It's a lady that has care for the church probably since I, before I came to St. Agnes. So five of us uh, lead the rosary uh, in the morning in English before the uh, 8 a.m. So I'm the only one who is in both teams. I, I lead the rosary on Thursdays at 6 p.m. And then I lead it again the next morning, Fridays at 7.30 a.m. 
So we have a weekly rosary with you, right? And that is done. How is that done? No, no. The weekly rosary that I used to do on Tuesdays no longer exists. Oh. That, that effort eventually was uh, transformed, was changed into a weekly, uh, a daily rosary, uh, which is now the, the, the rosary that you know every day before the Mass. Got it. So at 8 a.m. and at 6 p.m., we're doing the rosary before Mass. And that is the extension of the, well, I mean, what your project has evolved into. Yes. Okay. I like that you mentioned at the beginning of, of, of the story that you, in a way, gravitated to your faith when you lost your job. Gravitated to the rosary. I've, ne I've never lost my faith. My, my faith has two clear eras. Uh, I am, uh, you know, before Emmaus and after Emmaus. I grew up in Venezuela. I was educated by the Jesuits. The middle, the elementary and middle school were under the administration of nuns and Attila the nun, as I used to call them, because, you know, let's, let's say that I was less than a stellar kid. So uh, because of my exemplary conduct, I was actually kicked out of that school at, uh, in third grade at age eight. Congratulations. The, the God that I knew was the cup god the god of fear you know when you hear when you hear one of the gifts of the holy spirit the fear of the lord well i had that fear of the lord i tremble on mentioning of the the lord's name because i was waiting for something to happen uh i still remember my mother who i'm sure is somebody who is in heaven saying to me castigo de dios god's punishment when something happened so I, I don't complain about that. Perhaps that was the kind of God that was necessary to save me from doing other bad things, which, you know, at the age of eight years were stupid things in the classroom where I disobeyed the nuns or whatever. I didn't behave well. And that landed me in another school, in the Dominican school. Uh, but if I hadn't had perhaps... If I hadn't had that idea of God, I would have done much worse things as I was a teenager and a, and a young adult. So I never stopped going to Mass. I never stopped going to confession at least once a year because I was, that's what the rule says. And uh, I never said the rosary. But I did say three Hail Marys before I went to sleep because I heard somewhere that if you said three Hail Marys before you went to sleep, then you were going to be told three days before you died. And so that was my thing. You know, I was concerned by when I was going to die. Sorry, you were be told what? Three days before you die? I was told by, that I was going to die. So ah. I, don't, I don't remember, uh, you know, whether it is some popular beliefs or some tale But somebody told me once that I had to say three Hail Marys every day before going to sleep because that would ensure that I would be told three days before dying that I was going to die. And so that was my faith, pretty much. Uh, I did serve. I did serving Mass a lot. I like to be a reader. I like to do a collection. I like to be an altar server. But that's, I did that by imitation of my father. Because I saw my father doing that. My father received genuine joy out of doing that. And I did it because I, I knew it was good. I didn't know exactly why. 
And so my, the cha- my change of heart started, like I said, 93, 94, when I started saying the rosary every day. And then it really changed in the year 2000 when I did my mayor's retreat because there it finally clicked. I might have been told many times before about God's unconditional love, but I didn't know what it meant. I didn't know what it was. And maybe I didn't even care for it. But through my Emmaus experience, I learned that I am loved by who I am because I am God's son. And so nothing else really is more important than that. And so that changed my entire perspective about faith, religion, and God. So I try to go to Mass every day. I try to say the rosary every day. I'm doing Father Mike Schmidt's podcast of uh, the Bible in the year right now. Ah. I started doing the, the loudest. I don't know how you say that in English. Every morning, the, the, the morning prayer, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And it is out of joy for trying to spend quality time with God. You know, I used to wake up at 6.30 in the morning when I worked in Fort Lauderdale. I left my house at 7.30 on the dot, and I would be in my desk at 8.15, 8.20, 8.30. Now that I don't have to go to work every day, that I can work from home or from my office is five minutes away, I wake up at 5.30 in the morning so that I can spend, try to spend an hour quality time with God, doing my daily prayer, reading El, El Reto, the, the challenge that some Spanish nuns uh, send every day, uh, doing my meditations, et cetera, et cetera. So it's not that, that I rekindled my faith when I started doing the rosary, but it started the way that eventually led to Emmaus. Does that make sense? So I know that we are running out of time. I have one more question for you. Um, what are some of those benefits you've experienced since you started the rosary? Okay. Sure. I mentioned that when I saw that art in the, in the, uh, for the Catholic, he said it would change your life. And, and it has changed my life. It has certainly given me a much bigger appreciation about Mary. It has certainly increased my love for Mary. It has made people believe that I am some kind of great uh, prayer perfect uh, person. And so it creates an obligation for me to continue with this uh, crusade, with this quest, uh, trying to make sure that we maintain that uh, rosary, you know, through uh, our time. And, and, and even if it is myself in the church, you know, we will continue to do it every day. First of all, the rosary, as you know, is a meditation on the life of Jesus. So I find particular joy when I am going through one of the one of the mysteries and it coincides with the day, the calendar day. So on Easter, uh, on Sunday, we meditate on the, <clears throat> on the glorious mysteries. And so uh, uh, the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. So right there, we're living that day. And it makes me think about it. It makes me meditate about it. At the same time, it has, been, it has brought me closer to uh, some of my MS brothers. Some of them have gone through periods of, you know, very difficult times. Uh, I know one case, for instance, of a brother who had a, a cancer. 
and he was diagnosed shortly after his Emmaus retreat. And he came to the rosary every Tuesday. He wouldn't miss it. And um, he had his stomach removed. And he believes that both his faith as well as the intercession of Mary uh, were the reasons why after 10 years he's now cancer-free. So he's actually one of the people that leads the rosary in the afternoons uh, in the church. He, he leads it on Tuesdays. There's another person, uh, another brother of ours, friend of ours, uh, who is an usher in the uh, late Mass in St. Agnes on Sundays. Uh, he used to come with his family to the rosary when we had it at 8 p.m. And uh, later after that, I, I, I learned from him that they had a visa issue and that the uh, cars were stacked against him. And he, again, believes that it was the intercession of Mary and, and through praying the rosary that their visa issue was sold favorably. So uh, there is no doubt in my mind that the blessings that you receive when you say the rosary as much as you can are great. And, and, and you know, I once heard that uh, every Hail Mary is a, a rose that we're giving Mary. And so imagine, you know, every day you give her a, a bouquet of 50 roses. Francisco, thank you so much for joining us and telling us your story about the rosary. And I'm glad that it has grown from you and a group of brothers in the chapel to everyday daily mass before daily mass uh, during the week. So thanks again for joining us. My pleasure. Alejandro, it's always good to see you.